world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. So, sell me on peanut butter burgers. Why is this a thing that I need to care about? Because it sounds like two things I love put into an awful, terrible embrace. Uh, I mean, I mean, unless, I mean, unless you're allergic. No, I feel like <laughs> exactly. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I. Uh... So here's the thing. I, I am a fan of the peanut butter burger. I'm not a fan of the typical peanut butter burger, which typically has like big dill pickles in it. No, oh. pickles don't belong on sandwiches. They take over the Thank flavor you. too much. Okay. I appreciate having like something to do that job, something <laughs> to have that texture, but pickles ain't it. No, thank you. Exactly. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, the first time I had a peanut butter burger, it had like the big like juicy dill pickles in it, and I was not a fan. And that almost ruined it for me entirely. Um, I, I, I don't know how to sell you on it other than like... It's just I I don't know I like the texture of like the beef and the bacon and not the well not the texture but like the flavor of the bacon and the beef and the peanut butter is just like Chef Hans emoji all the way to the moon. Uh, <laughs> I have a theory. I love when he says Chef Hans emoji. This is an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's your what theory? is the theory? The secret of peanut butter is that it's actually really sweet and sugary, and it turns out that things that are sweet and things that are salty actually go together. Well, I mean, if you want to, like, simplify it down to the, you know, psh, psh, I mean, yeah, that's why that's why chocolate-covered pretzels stay in business. Yep. Also, peanut butter stuffed pretzels. Oh, my. I gotta go. That you buy in bulk at Costco. At least I, I do. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get. They don't dry out. Like they're not like just super dry, except for this little shot of peanut butter. I mean, they're a little dry. Mm. They're good. Mm. Um, speaking of things that are a little dry, should we talk about some Avengers comics? <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, that was a that was a segue. If I ever heard one, I got to get there somehow. Well, actually, no. I have heard a segue. It was in the Paul Blart movie. It's when Paul Blart drives around the mall in a segue. It was unavoidable. Like, I saw it coming and couldn't even dodge out of it. It was like a Segway was coming at me and I couldn't dodge. And it's just a Segway. And I couldn't dodge out of the way. It's, it's, it's just Paul Blart on a Segway coming at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Superhuman Registration Podcast. We are here to talk about some comics. I'm Steven and we've got John and Aldo here. And it is Avengers time. Okay, it, do you think Paul Blart could be an Avenger? Absolutely not. I mean, Hawkeye's in there. Hawkeye? Heck, look at Justice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, 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 okay, what is Justice? Okay, I know we'll talk about this later, but what is Justice's deal? I want that question asked now. It can know. be answered later. Yeah. Oh, like, let's make a note <laughs> of that to come back to it, because I don't know. <laughs> so, so Justice, um, we've read a Justice story. He was in the other Avengers story that we read from Kurt Busiek, the, the Ultron Unlimited. And he just, like, had a broken leg. Oh, well, here's the part is, 
I don't remember anything from Voltron Unlimited yeah, other I've than slept Voltron showed up. Then, so yeah. <laughs> when, whenever there's like a, an Avenger that I haven't seen in a crossover with other comics, I read more, or they haven't made a film or television adaptation, or there wasn't a trading card of them. See, you play to the audience. Although you got to mention the trading cards to get Steven's no, interest. Gotta. Yeah. So unless they were, <laughs> unless they were featured in some other way, because I don't, I haven't really followed the Avengers comics. I just assume they're cannon fodder. It's like, oh, here's this guy. He's gonna die. They're gonna <laughs> use him as an example to show how tough this bad guy is. Which surprised me, because I was sure that was gonna happen to Triathlon. Spoiler alert: It didn't. He saved the day. Yeah, it turned out Triathlon is a lot more important than I thought he was ever going to be. Yeah, I was like, boy, who's this, like, it's not even C-lister, like, he's like, he's in like the double Z, like, we parked by Goofy's head or whatever, like, way out there. Have you there. ever met a character so C-list, even they know they're eventually going to get kicked off? No, I, yeah, yeah, you're right, see. <laughs> Even he knows he was, even he knew he was going to be fodder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, my time is limited, I can feel it. It's like that uh, that Chuck Jones cartoon where Daffy like is is doing the scene and then he runs out of background and he's yelling at the animator and the animator turns out to be Bugs like ain't I a stinker you know that whole thing yeah it's like that triathlon new <laughs> um Stephen do you want me to summarize this mess oh I, I for some reason I kind of got it in my head you were already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, you, you, you volunteered to jump on this grenade. I'm going to let you go for it. Good luck. So I thought, He'll hey. jump on a grenade for ya. <laughs> I thought, we haven't done anything with Kang yet. Kang is a big deal in the Marvel Universe. Let's find a Kang storyline. This, on paper, seemed like a good idea. But also on paper was the Kang Dynasty, which we read. And it's a mess. So, I'm sorry. But here we are. Um... <laughs> Kang Dynasty came out between, uh, oh, ho-ho, you're testing my preparation. I uh, closed that Wikipedia page. The Kang Dynasty came out between a June 2001 and August 2002 in Avengers Volume 3, number 41 through 45. That includes the Avengers Annual 2001. Um, kind of a... Kind of a big time in our nation's history, and this was also going on. I was surprised that it had happened as recent ago as twenty as twenty years ago. It felt like a much older comic, and with some of the problems, I'm sure we'll talk about it, the worldview and 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 uh, kind of Western leading angle on everything. Also, felt very old, but anyway, we'll get to it. Um, Kang comes to Earth and tells everyone, "I'm taking over. I am Kang. I'm great. I've." Uh, conquered many, many worlds over many, many times. He's a time traveler and he's a warlord, conqueror, king, uh, whatever other title you want to give him. He shows up with, is it the Scar... Sorry, his son Marcus, but he's the Scarlet... Um, Centurion. Centurion. I, I wanted to call him like Scarlet Commando, and I was like, nope, that sounds stupid. That's not it. Scarlet Centurion I thought was pretty cool. And I thought he was like a good character in all of this. Um... They're both pretty tough. The Avengers have a tough time trying to get in to even attack his spaceship, which is shaped like a like an old Roman sword, which is really cool, I thought. Um, he announces his plan to Earth and says, you know, give up now or else. Um, anyone who wants to surrender will, you know, join my team, and anyone who fights is just straight up going to get murdered. And um, 
the Earth starts fighting itself, and we get a faction of Atlanteans attacking. Um, it, it, <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't know if you guys uh, have <laughs> followed any. Of, I lived in Canada when the show Avonlea was coming out. <laughs> And so Prince Edward Island seems like a really funny place for a fight with superheroes and super beings because that's where <laughs> that's where uh, Road to Avonlea takes place and that's where Anne of Green Gables lived and all this crap. And so I'm like, you're fighting outside Prince Edward. Whatever, fine, okay, great. Um, so they attack. They're like they want to fight um, the uh, Deviants, a um, group of um, subterranean. Meta humans. I don't know what the what the term is. Some bad guys in crazy costumes with crazy powers and monsters and whatnot um, come out of the ground in China. The presence, a radioactive zombie-like force, attacks in uh, Russia. Which, interestingly enough, the part of Russia I was in, Kishtim, which I think is what the city they're talking about, is a city there, um, and it. <laughs> People I knew who drove through that talked about just piles of scrap metal and the rivers being orange and green because of radioactive waste. So, grain of salt, I don't know. These are all like, you know, 19, 20 year old guys just maybe BSing, but it, it, I don't know. I believe it. There's a lot of, you know, mess over there. Um, anyway, the Earth is fighting itself, is going crazy. The Avengers are trying to, you know, get rid of all of those threats while this is going on, while they're also trying to figure out Kang's plan. Then the is it master of the world is that his real name is that just <laughs> just I'm afraid so. Uh, yeah, uh, here we go. I'm just getting to that paragraph. Yeah, the master of the world. This dude bursts out of the ground. This superpower guy, and he rings c- cities all over. I think it's just North America. Did it? Was it the whole world? Um, he has these towers and these these. Uh, uh, these walls he's constructed that come up out of the ground to protect the city, but really he wants to conquer the world, and he thinks he's tough enough to fight Kang. The Avengers fight him, but 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 is he a tough enough dude to rescue the president's daughter? <laughs> Gosh, I feel like there's the, there's levels. <laughs> there's a lot of crap going on. Um. So the Avengers are fighting him. They're fighting in Russia. They're fighting in in China. They they subdue everybody on Earth. And then they have to deal with the master of the world. Um, at this time, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, is known as Warbird. And she has lost her powers and is getting them back. And is not able to really tap into the amount of power that she's used before. And um, the Scarlet Centurion is, is struck by her, stricken by her, is uh, uh, taken with her. And, you know, tells her they meet a few times and uh, he tries to help her, and she's like, "Nah, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not, nah, I'm not falling for that. Uh, you're, you're a bad guy. None of that crap." Um, he tells her that he'll help her in any way he can, up to, but not including betraying his father, Kang. Um, she, uh, at the beginning of one issue, remembers a whole life with a guy named Marcus who looks just like him, where she fell in love and had his child and and he aged and died and all of this crazy stuff happened and we can get into it more later um and she's like whoa i'm not trusting you and he's like no no that's not me that's not me and more on that later um they fight the master of the world they're um put they're they're fought off a lot by his uh plodux plodux uh it's a john byrne creation these like these 
like wild like genetically engineered wild beasts and he's he's the master of the world like does that he's genetically modified himself to be like the perfect human um he um fights them off carol danvers kills him and she's really torn up about that but it was the only thing to do kang causes more destruction there's a whole issue where there are no words where kang just lets loose the u.s government uh, or the world government i think it's just the u.s government they decide well we need to use sentinels on him. They send up sentinels, and everyone's saying this is a bad idea. You know what sentinels do, and it turns out Kang, in a former life, infl- was part of the team that made the sentinels. So he just <laughs> looks at them, and they go, "Oh, hey, boss, what's up?" And they turn back around and go back to Earth and attack the Earth. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. That's that's one of the dumbest plot points in the whole book because it's not just that Kang worked on like the sentinels. I worked in robotics, and therefore robots do what I say. Yeah. I don't know. I know enough programming to know that I know nothing about programming, but like people write about programming, like they just drop in the word algorithm like it's a, it's like a, you know, abracadabra and that can just mean anything and it's just it's just a way to solve a problem. It's not like hoo-hoo, stupid. Anyway, everyone's in a mess. Um triathlon says, "Hey, we can go to my my space hippie cult in Texas. Maybe they can help us out." Um, so they go there, him and the vision and others, um, they go to, it's the, uh, triune understanding and justice and firestar have been undercover with them because the, the understand the triune understanding have been kind of a, a, against the Avengers, but the triune understanding, they have a spaceship, but it's powered by the psyches of their followers. So they're like using people's brainwaves or, life force or soul or whatever to like power the spaceship and it kind of drains them i don't think it ends up killing them after all um their leader jonathan uh tremont <laughs> sorry uh, that that's the detail just the like, way you said it i'm sorry this dude's name is jonathan um they find there's a there's just too much crap in this but like Man, it could have shaved off a bunch of stuff. Like, I think some of it works really well. And I don't I don't dislike this book, but like, man, it's a tough slog, you know? So Yeah. There was there's a there's a how do I there's a pyramid and it's coming to earth and it's bad, <laughs> maybe worse than Kang. Oh, it was part of an ancient power that got split off at the beginnings of everything, and um, some brothers had a power at some point, and it got split up, and then and then Triathlon has it, and then Jonathan turns out to be a super powerful evil villain, and then Jonathan or uh, tri- uh, tri- uh, tri- Triathlon takes his power and is able to command this evil super powerful uh, prism uh, pyramid spaceship. And so it's working for them now. I, I, it's such a mess. Like, how do you... This is why you gotta, like... It's tough to talk about comics to people who are not, like, fully on board. Because you try to explain, what are you reading about? Oh, jeez, I don't know. There's a there's a space pyramid, man. Just give me a few issues to get around my head around this. <laughs> Because of the space pyramid, they're able to get uh, they're able to get the edge on Kang. Because of the space pyramid is one of the dumbest things we've ever said on this podcast. And it's I don't know what else to say, man. I don't know what else I'm to not, say. I mean, I'm nobody not can blame you. Doing a bad job. I'm just saying it's kind of silly. 
Uh, there's also the problem of there's Firestar, there's Firebird, there's Warbird, and uh, no, not War Machine. Thank goodness, that's where it ends. But they, <laughs> um, Quasar and the and uh, the Human Lightning or whatever the heck his name is save them, and they're able to get this pyramid. Anyway, the other team. While this is going on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mention Firebird and Thor having like existential crises. Like we're we're immortal. Boo hoo. Why are we even doing anything? Nothing's gonna matter anyway. And it's like ah ah no. It's if a life is worth if the life is well lived, then it was worth knowing about. Oh, just piece of crap, Thor. Go oh, every time. It's like he just is like he's drawn consistently like a big man baby this whole time, and his <laughs> attitude matches. That's how I feel about Thor in these issues. And Mjolnir can just whip up magic portals to wherever. Well, why the heck? If you can do that just willy nilly, aren't you just like, well, I'm gonna go to King's bathroom now. Swing this hammer around piece of crap thor and your man babiness anyway moving on <laughs> thor's in this um they work up a plan what one thing that's good about this is that wasp is the head of the avengers like she's calling the shots so that's cool um kang has captured her that's less cool um and uh she has to surrender first on behalf of the whole world shut up i'm getting to the end i'm getting there i promise <laughs> okay so, so they're trying to attack um, and weaken the shield, and they end up recruiting the presence, these radioactive Russians, uh, to fight on their behalf. And they all, uh, Iron Man has been like dinking around and doing the sciencey stuff, and then he's like, "Nope, Iron, uh, Iron Man time." And he puts on his suit and he goes up, and everyone blasts at the same spot. Um, so that's enough to weaken the shield. No, hold on, who was it missing? Oh yeah, Jonathan escapes because Jonathan, and uh, he gives it one last little blast, and then they're able to get through the, the get through the shields, and they. Uh, end up uh, capturing Kang. Um, the Scarlet Kang orders the Scarlet Centurion, who is his son. And up until now, I was thinking, hey, you know what? He like genuinely cares about his son. He's like really trying to teach him about warfare. Like, yeah, this stuff is terrible. He's a bad guy, but he's like really like being a good teacher and a good leader and all of this. Like, what he's doing is bad, but how he's doing it is just top notch. Good on you, Kang. Anyway, he sends off the Scarlet Centurion to go have his own life, and then Kang uh, is bested, and he 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 just you know it, it, too bad. That's what's going to happen. He crash lands on Earth. He's lost all of his power. He loses in a straight fight with Captain America because, of course, and um, is thrown in prison for forever and possibly going to be killed at some future date. The Scarlet Centurion rescues him, and then we see that Marcus is not the only Marcus that um, Kang had picked the most genetically superior women in all of the people that he conquered and uh, made Marcuses with each of them in turn, and they all turned out to be disappointments in one way or the other. But this Marcus, Marcus the 13th, which one do we end up with? There were a lot oh, of Roman numerals. Like the 24th, I think. Sure. Big Marcus. Um, he, he gave... Um, Carol Danvers, the help she needed to end up fighting and defeating Master of the World. And so Kang finds out about that, kills this Marcus, and um, retreats to fight another day, to conquer another day, because he was ready to end, to have this be his life. But because Marcus betrayed him, he can't have anyone betraying him in his empire his organization we we will not tolerate failure as dr evil put it and uh 
there we go. Um, the Avengers uh, move on to more and triathlons. Like I'm gonna go take these uh, these uh, these pyramid space pyramid powers and go figure stuff out in space. And I was a sea lister anyway. Bye. And uh, Carol Danvers wrestles with her guilt, and um, the people are throwing them a parade, even though like the Avengers kind of like they 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 boned things up big time. Guys, discuss how this is a big mess because I, I got to take a drink of water. My, 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 my throat is just dead. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Marcus. Yeah, and and he's uh, one of the most interesting parts of this whole thing. And he didn't even oh, talk about him. <laughs> oh, you don't. Oh, okay. Do I need? Uh, okay, a uh, bit of Marvel Comics history. I'm okay being wrong. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> so, Marcus. Backstory of Marcus is that he is a character that appeared in some early Avengers stuff. He, um, okay, so. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. Buckle up, everyone. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> Ooh, this is, this is bad. We're, oof. We can't, we're, we, we're not Jay and Miles. We can't handle this stuff, man. So, okay, so Marcus was trapped in limbo. And. He did something to get Carol Danvers to show up in limbo. Like, did he call her? I like I, I don't exactly know all the details. <laughs> um, but Carol Danvers goes to limbo, falls in love with Marcus, and the two have relations. And in my children's comic book, it's okay. They were limbo married. <laughs> and Carol goes back to not limbo, back to Earth, finds out she's pregnant, gives birth to Marcus. Oh yeah. Who grows thing. up and says, Hey, I'm gonna go into space. Do you wanna come into space with me, Carol Danvers? Because you love me. And she says, Yes, I do. And then they go off to space together, you know, Carol Danvers and this man that she first had sex with and then gave birth to. Okay, so that wasn't just a weird fever dream? Just trying to outdo Oedipus. Just trying to, like, oh, I, I see your complex and I raise you. <sighs> <laughs> like, this was so bad that, like, Chris Claremont, I think it was, I think it was Claremont, came on to write The Avengers and he retconned everything so that Carol Danvers was, like, mind-controlled and she... Well, I think the comic even makes it clear that she's mind-controlled while, while this is all happening. And so, uh, Claremont writes an issue of comics where Carol Danvers chews out the whole team for not being more supportive when she was sexually assaulted by this guy from Limbo. And so, all of that is backstory to who this Marcus is. Is that like a... I feel like that's not even an improvement. I, but that's... <laughs> That's like, like a sideways move. The improvement move. is that this Marcus is not the same Marcus as that other Marcus. No, 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 no. I mean the improvement in 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 Claremont fixing that backstory to sexual assault. I feel like that's not an improvement. That's like a sideways promotion. Well, <laughs> it's less of an improvement and more of Claremont, I think, venting his frustration with how that story went. Did he write Rogue taking her powers? Is that another way they could have erased it? Because she, like, took her, like memories and powers and everything well is that it all know, connected that doesn't necessarily erase a previous pregnancy because if there's one thing that we've learned when marvel comics introduces a bad idea they do not let it go <laughs> oh, <they still laughs> sin's past is still canon 
Oh, <laughs> why do you gotta go there, Stephen? Uh, this book brings out the worst in me. It doesn't. Like I'm actually with John. There's, there's. This is not a bad book, and there's stuff in it that I genuinely liked. Yeah, that stuff is all in like the last three or four issues. I will say this before I want to. I want to. I want to cover this. Um, the creative team, Kurt Busick, he, my, my, he, my. In one sentence, my problem is that this is really crowded and really busy. And maybe that's me personally not having any connection with these characters. But also, Jack of Hearts. Like, what, 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 (laughs) what, what? I do not care. That's stupid. Like, I'm willing to go out on a limb. Like, Hank McCoy is a furry beast. And, like, he doesn't wear pants. Sometimes he wears pants. Whatever. The the Donald Duck thing, like, animals don't have to wear pants. Okay, fine. But Jack of Hearts. I mean, I just... What? I what? Kurt Busiek wrote it. Artists include Alan Davis, Kieran Dwyer, uh, Ivan Reese, and Manuel, uh, Manuel Garcia. I thought that the coloring, the art, the um, uh, paneling, everything was, was well done. I liked it. I thought uh, there were some really great parts. I thought the whole issue with no talking at all that just, you know, showed... We didn't need anything to see, here's Kang conquering the Earth. And he did it. And there it was. And good job. I'm glad we didn't have, you know... Too much of the dialogue where... That is a problem. Like, it, I liked... I don't want to crap on the writing, because I, I liked it overall. But the era of comics, and the, and the style of comics, where it's like describing every little thing, and it's like, dude, we can see it. You drew it. I know what's there. You don't have to tell me. You know, like, if you're doing your job well enough, you set up the importance of this moment without having to, like, describe what's going on. Like, give me some other... Like, give me some character insight, you know, in, instead of, like... And all the Avengers looked in dread and awe as this big sword in space pointed at them. It's like, we get it, dude. You put a sword in space. We understand. <laughs> <sighs> but but I liked it. So, so I want to say a couple things since we're talking about that issue right now. Uh, that was part of like a, like, a, like a weird pseudo-event that Marvel did called Nuff Said. In which they kind of, I don't know if they challenged the writers or artists or if they wanted to do it themselves as a challenge. But the whole point was that, like, I think most of the books that were coming out at the time uh, came out with an issue that was completely without dialogue. Um, and uh, actually, f- fun spider facts. Spider facts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we really needed, like, an audio sting for that. Spider facts. The, the the Spider-Man issue that was supposed to be that was issue 36, but then 9-11 happened. So they switched it to a tribute issue and pushed what was supposed to be issue 36 up to 39. Um, but uh, yeah, that's not that's neither here nor there. Actually, it's a little <laughs> here because uh, where the crap was Spider-Man? They showed Spider-Man him in one panel. Yeah, he wasn't an Avenger. They did say some some heroes resisted, and they show Wolverine and Spider-Man hiding from Kang's forces. His whole uh, yeah. army, by the way, is futuristic warriors, like people who have been like, you know, the best of the best of the best of the best in the eons of time. So they're tough to beat. Just just their regular everyday soldiers that he has. So anyway. Okay. Um, also, the other thing I want to say is uh, having having a giant. Uh, was it was it called Damocles or like Damascus? Yeah, Damocles. Sort of Damocles. Yeah. yeah, having a giant spaceship, like a battle space warship called Damocles, and then like that's metal AF, dude. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> Actually, so so okay, so I really like King as a villain. King as a villain was 
a lot more intriguing than I kind of expected. I, which, granted, I wasn't expecting anything. I had no knowledge about Kang other than Time Traveler. And the whole idea of, like... So, one, he has this big uh, space hologram spirit battle with Captain America. That was that rad. was rad. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, Turns out that any time that your, your main antagonist and your main protagonist turn into giants and fight each other... I tend to be on board with that. It's the reason I think so highly of the Legend of Korra season two. <laughs> Gurren Logan, where they're they're fighting with with giant robots the size of galaxies. That's why that's why I give uh, Pacific Rim a pass. It's just <laughs> it's just big things fighting each other, and that's that's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So I just want to. Okay. So the kind of the climax of of um, Kang's war to me was really good. Because we, because st- it starts out with that, right? Like with, uh, with them going up to the ship, they're attacking them with the space pyramid, because that's how they win for some stupid reason. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Captain America has this giant hologram fight with Kang, and then they attack the ship. But the ship starts crashing down on Earth. So Kang rides his burning giant space sword ship. Into the earth, and then, like, it doesn't get inside of it, just like stays on top of it after he evacuates everybody. But you know, the captain has to go down with the ship, so he does. And he gets on earth, pulls out a sword, fights Captain America hand to hand, and like gets beaten. And like, I was just like, I like, and you know what, the thing I respect too, I don't like King, I respect him though. He accepted it, he was like, This yeah. is the end. This is where I die. He doesn't die. All right, I don't die. This is my punishment. This is where I rot. Cool. Time for nappy naps. And then what happens? He gets rescued <laughs> against his his will. For the I don't know. It was, it, I like I like King. King as a villain was yeah the legitimately the best part of this book. Not just not to put nerd on the ner- on top of your nerd, but I think that's a good example of lawful evil. He's like. He's got yeah. his principles. He'll follow them. They are terrible. Yeah. That ending is so good where Kang is like, okay, my son betrayed me, but a lot of great men get their start by betraying their father. So I'm not even mad about it. I'm just going to sit here in my jail cell and Marcus is going to go out and he's going to be even better than me. And then Marcus shows up and rescues him and ruins all of his plans. It's... It's interesting. There's a there's a webcomic that I have been reading for uh, approximately 15 years uh, called Order of the Stick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still going, by the way, if you if you read it for a while and dropped off. It's a webcomic that pokes fun at storytelling conventions and especially Dungeons and Dragons uh, tropes. One of the main characters, his father is a villain who has the same level of genre awareness as the son, who is the bard of the group. So a lot of genre awareness there. And the father, part of what makes him such a sinister villain is that he knows that in the end, he's going to be defeated and he doesn't care because he has his eye on the long game. And the long game is, I'm going to be such an amazing villain that people are going to remember me forever. And that's interesting and it's fun. And that's basically Kang's motivation. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, always always good to have a good villain. Um, the problem is, the uh, the like 
every little like aside, like every little group of heroes that they cut to, man, you shave three or four people out of that group and then I give a crap. But other than that, it's like, oh, good, Photon's here. But like, I don't know what she's doing. Like, you should give her something to do. Oh, she has energy powers. Okay. You know, like she matters now because she's like, there's, you know, she's in another medium. But like... I, I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe if I'm if I'm reading Avengers, you know, frequently, and then like I give a crap about all these people and Jack of Hearts, stupid Jack of Hearts. Yeah, let's. Can I, we list off all of the bad Avengers in this? We've got Jack of Hearts. We've got Triathlon. We've got Silver Claw. We've got Hank Pym twice. Yeah. Oh, also Silver Claw. Her mightiest her mightiest form is like a sloth, an ice sloth. It's like. You're bringing an ice sloth to the table. This guy b- took cities out of the earth, and like this guy has a space sword, and they're screwing around with the, with the pyramid over there. What are you doing, uh, sloth? Get out of here! Get out of here! Okay, so uh, so pardon me and my ignorance. Uh, what did Jack of Hearts do to you guys? Jeez. <laughs> No, it's just such a ridiculous concept. Like his whole look is—it was like playing cards. I just, I, I, I—it's I, it's, just—it's just one thing too far. It's it's Batman sixty six <laughs> level of of goofery. I'm sorry. The the okay. The weird the weird uh, king helmet isn't too much, but like do Jack not Hart's. say a bad thing about Kang's helmet. That is a he has a look. weird helmet that looks like a bubble, and then it like wraps around his face. Mm, I <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not a word okay, against let's, it. Let's take a minute and talk about purity of design. <laughs> Why does Kang have a weird, like, bubble face mask thing? Because Kang is an alien from the future and needs... Well, I guess he's technically human. But anyway, <laughs> he needs to look weird and alien. Like, that's also why. Also, he was um, one of the... I think Avengers 9 is when he first came out. And so he had to be simple. And so weird mask is his whole thing. It was easy to draw. It's a cool look. It's a classic look. Now, why does the Joker have, like, a clown design? It's because he's an evil clown. Like, it's very straightforward. Very, very simple. Why does Jack of Hearts look like a playing card? Here, I'm going to read from Wikipedia. I'm just going to read from Wikipedia. Jack Hearts' superhuman powers are as a result of the mutagenic effect of his father's zero fluid combined with the alien genes from his contraxian mother. Yeah, right there. Whole mess of garbage. And I think because we said contrax- a, con- a father's contraxian fluid or a zero fluid, we have to put an explicit label on this show. <laughs> the left half of Jack of Hearts' body has turned purplish black from direct exposure to zero fluid. Because <laughs> you can't see that. Because you can't see that on the f- on the card. Membrane covering <laughs> the entire pupil. It's funny because the Jack of Hearts in a card deck, you can only see half of his face, one-eyed Jacks, you know? <laughs> like, it's too cluttered. As a character, he is too cluttered. As a character, he's too cluttered. Like, trim the fat, Kurt Busiek. I've I liked this, but man, this could have gone through with like, you know, you know... Yes, everyone should get a trophy, but also, there's nothing wrong with lining up all the kids against the wall and saying, Hey, Jack of Hearts, go home. Take your mitt. We don't need you on the team today. Jeez. Eventually, I think he died in in, uh, Avengers Disassembled. Boo-hoo. Like, Scarlet Witch made him blow up. Nice. And then he died, and I don't think he came back after that. Nice. Some logic entered the situation. It's like, we don't need this goofball. Yeah. Next. Also, quick correction. Uh, just because it's it's been 
I, I just want to make sure we're clear. Uh, Jack of Hearts was actually created by Bill Mantlow and Keith Giffen. So I'm sure that they did other great work that we wouldn't make well, fun of. Well, they did. Uh, Mantlow was Rocket Raccoon. Hey, there you go. Wait, can you say that again? Yeah, he said it. Mantlow created Rocket Raccoon. Oh, okay. No, I thought you said, said Raccoon real weird. He said Rocket so Raccoon. Confused. He said Rocket yeah, Raccoon. I said it a little weird. He did. I was, Man, I'll okay. own that. It's fine. Captain America. <laughs> I was just going to leave it alone. I want to put it out once. Iron Man. No, I'm going to do that with everybody now. Okay, moving on. <laughs> you remember how Hank Pym was in this book two times? As in there were two Hank Pyms? Technically three at the at the end there, in the uh, annual. I read the annual last, which I shouldn't have. I should have read it in chronological order to make more sense of it. Um, not great. I, I, like, the whole Hank Pym thing, it felt like them trying to make him being a wife beater more okay. And I don't know if, yeah, it, I don't it, know if it does that. It does not. Yeah. <laughs> it is not good. But I think, like, since we're, we've kind of been on the topic of, of the, the less good Avengers, I genuinely believe there is no character who can't be redeemed with one or two really good stories. Um... Jack of Hearts might be the exception, just because, again, <laughs> oh too gosh. complicated. <laughs> Lay too off complicated. the guy. But, like, Silverclaw apparently makes it on a lot of lists of worst Avengers of all time, as does Triathlon. And the thing is, I didn't think Triathlon was actually that bad. Like, as a yeah. character, all of that stuff with the with the, the, the Triune Association, or whatever they were called, like, all of that stuff was just dead weight but the character himself was interesting yeah that ended up like at first i was like triathlon oh oh oh, oh, oh wait 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 wait, back up on triathlon in the middle of all of this you know how sometimes it's kind of fun when the kids leave the x mansion and the xavier institute uh, for for gifted youngsters and they go into town to like the soda fountain and all that crap that like eat like they put in dated stuff in like you know 70s 80s or whatever it's like we're gonna go get soda <laughs> we're gonna go play jacks you know or whatever john mulaney's joke is um then <laughs> like <laughs> triathlon is it quasar he takes Tri- triathlon is like hey man everything's going bad uh but we're back at the x mansion let's get out of these costumes let's go clubbing Let's go. Oh, it's Jack of Hearts. It's Jack of Hearts. Oh, another mark against him. Jack of Hearts sucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Leave the guy alone. Leave no, no. If there is a big floating spaceship uh, of Doom sword above your planet, you don't go out to chase tail. You stay at the X or the uh, you stay at the Avengers Mansion and to get the job done, fight the bad guy. Jeez. Oh, some he needs a breather sometimes. Nope. You get a breather after the big space sword is gone. Man, we work it's before just... we play. Avengers. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm like I, I'm I'm my sorry. Black socks just appeared on my feet and they rolled up to my knees and then sandals popped onto. I've fully become a father. My mustache will come in any day now. Oh. But anyway, like. So, <laughs> look, sometimes there's no segue. Sometimes it's just you know you gotta swerve back into the lane. Oh no, John's truck oh, is man, dumping. I up. wish uh, I wish we were an R-rated podcast. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, but oh, right now, 
In comics, there is kind of a big publishing push towards getting characters from diverse backgrounds with diverse points of view. You can see that in Busick's Avengers, though, because, again, you look at the team, who they've got. I mean, you've got a couple of characters from uh, Central and South America. Like, you know, Silverclaw, her name is uh, Maria de Guadalupe Santiago. She's from Costa Verde. Um, what was that other one? Not Firestar. Firebird. Firebird. Yeah. She's from Brazil, I believe. Mexican. She's, she's Mexican. Ayy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Aldo. Hey, are you here? (laughs) Do you you know Firebird? (laughs) Is she a cousin? Nah. <laughs> oh, I got a I got a cousin Juanita, but I don't think it's the same one. <laughs> Can the episode be called someone else's cousin Juanita? <laughs> nice when we dislike there's the episode title (laughs) do you think talking about this um trying to pull from different backgrounds i like that it's a good thing does it feel forced or heavy-handed here or is that just like because it's an older title i don't know well and i don't know that it's like forced or anything like that here i actually really kind of weirdly appreciated firebird bringing her faith into her conversations with thor yeah i wish it didn't come across so like you know, Christianity is better than your pagan religion, which is kind of how it reads. But, like, in theory, I think that's a cool thing to do, to have, like, heroes talk about their faith and have that sort of real conversation with each other. Again, it's one of the things that I like so much about Ms. Marvel. I don't think it quite works here, but I applaud the effort. But, like, it's interesting because I I looked up a lot of these characters in preparation for the podcast, and a lot of them, again, like Triathlon and Silverclaw in particular regularly make it onto lists of the worst Avengers. Like, CBR has a list of the worst Avengers. Newsarama has a list of the worst Avengers. Um, CBR's list also has Shang-Chi on that list, and so their list is suspect. They're, but anyway... Yeah, they'll eat their words once the movie is a hit, so... <laughs> I think yeah. I think the word you're looking for is sus. <laughs> yeah, pretty sus. You know what? I played for the first time in months and months because mostly it's a mess now. Anytime I go and try to find a try to find a good room, it's all like weird names that are like, oh, these are just like these are just horny teens, and I don't want to be around that. I'm I'm here to play. I'm here to play Dang Among Us, and uh, I got to be the imposter twice in a row. But I was so like, <laughs> I got the yips, and I I screwed up. I didn't. I wasn't a good imposter. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh. But anyway, it's like. These characters are interesting, potentially, because they come from backgrounds that we don't typically see in comics. It would be nice to see like them get more development. Um, they probably won't. Marathon Man is apparently... Or Marathon Man. What's his name? Triathlon. Triathlon. <laughs> They're not the same event, Stephen. They have a different category <laughs> at the Olympics. Yeah. They okay. both end with on and me being off of running because running is dumb. <laughs> and octagons and on. How, how very on brand of you. London is a city that ends in on. 
Uh, so I was so I was gonna say I I actually really did appreciate kind of the international feel, um, but partly because this is such a big event, right? So it's okay, and it's weird because it's not like a big event in the sense of a event comic, but it is a big event in the sense and scale of the world. Like King has taken over. The Earth, essentially, or he's threatened most of it. He's taken over North America, and he has forces everywhere. Everybody's fighting to protect or help the Earth in their own weird way, whether they're a villain trying to, like, take over so that they can fight, or they're good people, or they're good people stabbing the bad people with a metal sh- shard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we gotta talk about that at some point. <laughs> so, so, I don't know, it felt appropriate. There, there's some stuff that's kind of like... Like, of course, there's the Russian people. Like, it's Marvel. There's got to be. Uh, so, so I, mean, I, I don't know. I did I did like how, how international it felt. I did like how, how kind of big it felt. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't... Again, I didn't have many expectations for King Dynasty. But it didn't... It surprised me how big it felt without it kind of being such a big event and I, and I guess what I mean by it being like a big event is that it's probably because I'm used to when we read big event comics there's so much that's not in the books because it it spreads out to the other books to tie them in right this book didn't have that this book did feel like its own complete story mostly <laughs> I will say just before we like, we go to something else that I did have a problem like yes it was international yes it was like it spanned the globe weird spots to pick I just Prince Edward Island what's the deal I don't know <laughs> um, I did have a problem with Kang being like I'll start the fight in France and Germany <laughs> you know where you guys usually start world wars like ignoring the billion people in India the billion people in China like you know that that was dumb to me. It was like we're just we're gonna fight in Europe. We're gonna we're gonna focus on the Western world. Like I don't know that like Western centric view of everything was a little like it's like you know there's two billion people over there and there's a billion other people around those billion people and you know that like they're gonna be mad. You know I yeah anyway sorry just one little nitpick. So. Yes, this is all technically, like, one big epic story, but none of the pieces really fit together. Like, you feel? why the master of the world versus Kang? What is their relationship? Why the pyramid from outer space at this moment doesn't have any connection to Kang? It's just a coincidence. Master yeah. of the universe, or, no, that's He-Man. Master... <laughs> better name technically licensed to dc i believe um but the master of the world showing up kind of a coincidence and i i felt especially once you start getting into like the tri-evil stuff of the triune confederacy or whatever um it's the triune technical institute <laughs> they have those late night ads Oh wait, TDI. Oh, okay, is never the mind. Trinidadian University. <laughs> I got a little confused. I got a little excited. Yeah. <laughs> That's TTI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Master of the World, Pyramid from Space, Kang, 
There's this prophecy about the, the, the threefold evil or whatever. You think those are all going to be connected. They're not in any meaningful way. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think there's a way they could have done it. Because Kang famously, I don't know much about it because I haven't read any of these stories. I've just read enough about Kang to know. Um, Kang famously has another version of himself from like a, earlier in his own timeline um, or later in his own timeline or something named Immortus. Yeah. And Immortus and Kang are mortal enemies. And so, so they like, fight each other a whole bunch. The real enemy is yourself because you got to look inside to the time traveler within, man. And like, <laughs> oh god, you can just fade hey. that out into quiet obscurity as you bring up your next. Maybe movie, maybe the real the- enemy is the friends we made along the way. Quick save is level one. It's funny. <laughs> but yeah, like maybe if they'd revealed that the master of the world was another version of Kang, and then they can tie the space pyramid in as like another version of Kang. It was Kang's like, summer house. I don't know. I was looking for some sort of cohesion between those elements, and I couldn't find it. And other than just these are things that they were kind of dealing with in the Avengers, but they don't. They. I, I guess I'm used to modern comics events being neater. Yeah. No, definitely neater. Seeing that, like, the Master of the Earth, who I'd never heard of, just literally pop up out of the ground, out of nowhere, just like, haha, I'm here, and I'm gonna fight this guy, and I'm gonna take over. It's like, you know how when you go out to the grocery store, sometimes you can see people from work, and sometimes you can see people, like, neighbors, and, like, different people mixing in a place that you didn't really expect... Um, it's like that, except there's Master of the Universe popping up out of the ground and saying, ha ha, I will take over, and it's really, really disorienting. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. So that's kind of why I didn't have a, a, like, a gripe with it, because a lot... Okay, sure, Master Master of the World and Kang don't really have any beef as far as I can tell. They're both vegetarian. Ha, ha, ha. But, uh... <laughs> you kidding me? Master of the World... That guy eats steak. He yeah, grows wow. his own, like, perfect Wagyu steak, and then he eats it, and then he grows some more. He does CrossFit in the mornings. He lives in a tunnel, for crying out loud. If he had okay, a cooler so, name, okay, I would so, have no so I will concede. I will concede that the pyramid thing is super random. It's very, very random, and, like, that does just kind of be like, all right, that's a little bit of a going think What's going on here? But I do kind of have to agree. I, I do like... I mean, with John, in that, like, I, I don't know, at least for me, it did feel like that. It kind of felt like, oh, no, we got to fight King. Oh, no, now we got to fight nuclear zombies. Oh, no, now the master of the world. Oh, now a giant evil pyramid. What the crap? Like, I don't know. I like that. Because that's how it feels when they, I have to pay they had They had whales in space and time travel in Star Trek 4 and that made more sense and was more entertaining than trying to follow the space pyramid nonsense. I'll just say that. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just going with the most absurd thing I could think of off the top of my head and space whales I, came up. I don't have a defense. I enjoyed this book probably because it was a little dumber than I was kind of expecting it. <laughs> I also, okay, so... The whole bit with Wonder Man and his uh, prison s- uh, escape attempt, because we haven't uh, even talked about that. Flame Avengers. 
sorry. Yeah, okay, we also have not talked at all about the fact that Captain America and at uh his his jolly ranchers or whatever were, <laughs> got put into like happy dreamland state for weeks except John, except cap and he was like nope no time for this and he <laughs> yeah so they get, they get put into a happy jail for like i don't know a couple weeks apparently meanwhile earth has surrendered uh, people are now being put in uh in like slave camps and <laughs> And, like, Scarlet Witch can use a little bit of her hex power. Okay, that did feel a little deus ex machina-ish. Because she can use a little bit of it. Because it's not... Because it's magic. You can't fully suppress magic. Because that's not an innate ability. Uh, And then she bumps into Wonder Man. And they they start a prison break. Except not really. And only Wonder Man leaves. And that doesn't really lead to anything. He helps. He's one of the... You know, people who shoots energy at the shield, and they needed exactly that many plus Jonathan to get through it. Oh, uh, yeah. That's also, right. I've never seen anyone mutually go into the friend zone so hard, but there it is. He had been want- him and Scarlet Witch like had a relationship, and you know it was kind of, ooh, I don't know, I'm going to go back to L.A. Will you come with me? Ooh, boy, ooh, move in with, oh, I don't know. And then they both were like, you know, we are buds. We are buds, yeah. Let's make out. Nah. <laughs> they made out and then they decided they were buds. So I think Wonder Man does not. No, no, they also. Oh, uh, no, they made out after they made their escape. I think they a, just a had a goodbye kiss, like a, a good old that's, friend's smooch. That's not a friend's smooch. Nah. <laughs> I just remembered that page seven of issue 41, I took a picture of this because I thought it was so funny, has Wanda and Wonder Man. <laughs> Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Wanda Man. Wanda Man. Anyway, Wanda Man and, and Scarlet Wonder um, are they're horseback riding and they're having a conversation and Simon's like, hey, I'm going to go back uh, to the West Coast and I'm going to restart my film career. And Wanda's like, oh no, I think I should stay here. And uh, as they're riding their horses, they come to a like fork in the road and Wanda's on the right and Simon's on the left and they're talking about potentially breaking up and it's not subtle. Not at all. See, because they've come to a fork in the road and they're and they're and they're gonna go in different directions because life sometimes is like that. Life do be like that sometimes. Life do be like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh I didn't know that was Wonder Man at first and I thought she was dating Cyclops and I was very confused. <laughs> I was confused because I was like, Scarlet Witch, you have better taste than that. Uh, <laughs> no, she doesn't. Apparently not, but uh, but that that I don't know. That feels like that's totally in character for Scott to date Scarlet Witch, a, a beautiful <laughs> redhead with with psychic type powers. Of course, there you go, there you go. Oh my gosh, you guys remember that George W. Bush was in this comic? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of terrible Avengers, okay. <laughs> hey, you remember how you remember how. 9-11 happened, and George W. Bush got so mad about it that he bombed the wrong country. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say that he, like, got a pass for being George W. Bush and, like, got really, like, you know, uh, great I thought you were going to make a joke about him reading comic books upside down. <laughs> Shoot. Well, I'm going to put Archie on the George ceiling. W. Bush is the worst. Okay, is he the worst? I don't know. <laughs> like, no. here's the thing. Whenever I think about whether or not I might wind up cutting all this or not, I don't care. I, whenever I get to thinking about is Donald Trump the worst president in yes. my lifetime, 
I always come back to, well, George W. Bush started an entire war based on a lie and killed a ton of people. That is that is bad. That is terrible. It is really bad. Yeah. Un- it is un- a race to the bottom with those two. Yeah. Oh, her name's Bonita, not Juanita. Oh. <laughs> Sponita Juarez, I just combined the two. Everyone knows Bonita. She is a real bad Avenger. She might not be, though. This is the one story of hers that we've read. We'll have she to was, read more before we rank her. She's a better Avenger than George W. Bush. <laughs> Low bar. No, when they first they first showed the president being evacuated, I was like, "Oh, that's just like movie president where they don't make." Yeah, an effort I was to like, "Ah, it. yeah, and generic then, white president." And then later on, it was like, "That's straight up W." Okay, he's winking at Carol Danvers or something. I I don't know. Yeah, I promise I didn't hate this book. I I it's hard to tell. <laughs> oh man, certain aspects of this book really made me mad. I there's there's more. I would I would say. Like in a, in a trying to trying to be fair, there's more good than bad, but the bad stuff is just really confusing and annoying. Space yeah. pyramid, Jack of Hearts. It ends really strongly, which I think does yeah. a lot for it. And Kang is a great character and a great great villain, like Doctor Doom level, you know, great. And I think they go toe to toe sometime in the past. I don't know. I I also like that. Uh... That king's son is like, but, but, but father, why don't we retreat in time and then come back mere seconds after we left? And he's like, no, I must do this my way. Yeah. I, uh, I respect, I respect that. I don't, you know, I don't agree with him, but I respect that man. You know, the Scarlet Centurion showing up when he's in jail, it's like those videos you see where like, or the old joke where, you know, they're, they're throwing... They're throwing a stick of dynamite, and the dog goes and fetches it and runs right back with it. And it's like, ah! That's what it felt like in Scarlet Centurion. Issue 45, page 6. The Avengers show up at the Pentagon, meet General McGinty. Captain America just got back from being a radiation zombie in Russia, which was also a thing that happened in this book. Oh, yeah. Captain America's got his bandage, like, wrapped around his head. But there's a little hole cut in the bandage so that his little uh, head wing can poke out. (laughs) It's like, how do we draw Captain America with a bandage on his head while he is still in costume? Well, we make a hole for the head wing, of course. Is very good. By which I mean silly. But silly is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just really grateful for Chris Evans in moments like that. I, I, again, the, the art is impressive and I really liked the coloring in this. I don't oh, know. Yeah, coloring's very good. I don't know what it makes this different from like other stuff of the era. I don't know if there was like some, some new technique, if it's all digital. I don't know. I just liked it. Um, it was very neat and oh, I just flipped past a page with Jack of Hearts, an idiot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if Master of the Universe was like Immortus, or was like somebody who's like, "Haha, Kang, you've fallen into my trap. This was this Earth is not for you. It's it's a trap for you." Like that's cool. Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. We didn't talk about Stingray. <laughs> Speaking of stupid oh <laughs> Avengers, they're like uh, underwater. They're 
underwater like is he Canadian? Is he the Alpha Flight? I think yeah. He's like he's Canadian. Is he Canadian? No, he just has red and white on his uniform. Yeah, um, they're like underwater recon dude Stingray is ridiculous, but like is useful. Like gets them the little knowledge they need, I guess. But like so dumb. Ugh. Also, I don't like the green and purple on Kang. I like his mask. Um, I think he needs a new color scheme, but that's just you know more nitpicking. Um, but yeah, good art, um, paneling was well done because it was, you know, generally easy to follow, uh, you know, wordy, but that's, you know, that's a problem with, you know, older comics, which I, I'm realizing, holy crap, this is, this comic is 20 years old almost, so, um, I don't know, what else, what else should we say about this that we haven't covered already? Because I, I do, I do seriously think that there's more good than bad here. I mean, I just keep going back to that space fight between Kang and Captain America. It was really that's, cool. That's <laughs> it was so really cool. Good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, again, such a strong ending. Although, I, I, I feel like we've been talking a lot in this one. Have, have you gotten to say everything you've wanted to say? Um, yeah, yeah. Although, I can hear him like, make it end. <laughs> No, no, it's not that. It's just, uh, I think I've said everything I want to say. Um, I like the giant metal ship, metal spaceship sword thing. I really like Damocles. That was that, that, was really that is cool so good. Thing. Listen, I had a soft spot in my heart for uh, for Scuttlebutt. Move aside, Scuttlebutt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this this definitely moves Scuttlebutt right out of the way. <laughs> Scuttle over there, Scuttlebutt. <laughs> Scuttle off. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I have anything else. Uh, should we? Uh, should we rank it then? Yeah, this is gonna be tricky. Man, nothing's really gonna knock no normal. Maybe we should like challenge ourselves this summer to try to find something that will knock uh, no normal out of the number one spot. I mean, I I plop down Runaways and Messiah Complex and Second Coming. Oh, wait, we haven't read Second Coming yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ho ho! Hope Summers is coming for you. 140 books on our list. No normal is at number one. I am not convinced it's going to stay there forever, even though I love that book. I, so it's going to be very tough to get it out of the number one spot because the argument is always like, is this book where, you know, Deadpool drives a ice cream truck, is it more important than Ms. Marvel? And the answer is going to be no. Well, yeah, but we don't just rate things on importance, though. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, that's that's boring. Let's just be subjective. Because one more day is pretty important. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> okay, where do we want to rank on this list of 140 stories the Kang War? Kang Dynasty. Kang, Kang Dynasty. Dynasty. I think it's called the Kang War, too. I think you got multiple titles. Yeah. I do. Dynamite Joe, that's what they call me. <laughs> that's the best you can come up with on the spot. Don't you have improv training? <laughs> Dynamite Joe. You couldn't go with, like, I am known as El Conquistador. No, you went with Dynamite Joe. <laughs> Men call me Magneto. No, we've even talked about that, but you go with Dynamite. All right, all right. I will now call you Dynamite Joe. <laughs> This this is this is who we choose to spend two hours of our night every two weeks talking to. 
<laughs> we do this on purpose. Okay, so I'm looking for the line of like where it's like I, I know that it's gonna be above. <sighs> so we have at 37 the finely woven thread, and it's a good Phil Noto, Nathan Edmondson, um, uh, Avenger, or, uh, Black Widow story. It's her kind of dealing with her past. I like that story. Um, I think it's a tighter story. So that would put it uh, above this this uh, storyline, but also there's a lot of really cool stuff in here that like you know it's tough to it's tough to beat giant space Captain America fighting giant space Kang. So there's a lot of things that this this you know Avengers event has in its favor. But you know neat storytelling. I don't know. I'm thinking it's somewhere in th- in the 30s. Oh, that's uh, yeah. I was actually. Because we were joking about Scuttlebutt, I was actually thinking. <laughs> oh, see, cause I Better started looking Bill's at the 30s, 31. and I just yeah. keep going down because I was gonna compare it to Better Ray Bill, but I was like, Nah, Karnak is better. Then, like, what if Magic was better? Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, Neverending Struggle. It's Neverending <sighs> Struggle is a really solid book, but it's one issue. Yeah, it's just it's very well done. It's one issue. This was, you know. What is it? Ten issues? That's a massive. Thing. Yeah, but I feel like this also could have been less. Oh yeah, this could have been like eight, six, six. Uh, Especially six would when have you been. consider the good stuff is like in the last four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so all that to say is uh, I think I don't know my vote is kind of somewhere between thirty five and thirty six and thirty four. Well, no, not thirty four. Listen, thirty four is like the line. I don't think this book goes above it. Actually, yeah, it does. But anyways, anywhere between 34 and 36. That's my vote. <laughs> so you put this above The Boys Are Back, the uh, kind of relaunch of Heroes for Hire? Yeah. Or Power Man and Iron Fist, I guess. Yeah. They don't They don't fight a giant Space King hologram no. thing. They fight, they fight like voodoo. Yeah. The voodoo that you do. You do so well. I want to put this at 67. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. Wow. Do you remember how long I had to explain Marcus to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Jack of Hearts is in here. For, okay, I don't want to say this. If if that's... Okay, not not the Jack of Hearts thing. If the whole... Do you know how long it took me to explain Marcus to you guys is a legitimate argument for knocking this book down? Then at least all the X-Men books have to be knocked down like five pegs each. Yeah. Okay, counterpoint... <laughs> Some of that stuff is good. They're nothing good about Marcus. <laughs> now, the the Marcus number 20, the whatever version, Marcus Vista, or um, 95. As to Marcus 95, yeah. got it. <laughs> there you go. Whatever version we have, uh, he wasn't so bad. He was like, I will do whatever my father's... Hello, what have we here? Um, you know, and... Uh, turned out to be not totally bad he just this is this is who he was this is what he was raised to be 67 67 it's still the good part of the list man hold on a second i mean uh, yeah it's better than secret wars wait which secret wars are we talking about old secret wars yeah yeah new secret wars is at number three john oh yeah 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 sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's a big list yeah, that is a big list. You know, having both Secret Wars in here is like going to a party and finding your ex there. 
that my list is not that long. Although I don't know what I don't know what you get up to, but <laughs> also somebody's <laughs> somebody Stevens like the little icon that popped up as Steven because Aldo is Aldo, and then this like other one says anonymous goose. So this goose is loose in our in our Google Doc. <laughs> it's so funny. Sixty-seven. <laughs> You are you are high, my friend. No, no, no. he's pretty low, actually. <laughs> sixty-seven is even above the halfway point on the list. But like, okay, and the reason I'm saying sixty-seven, the reason specifically I'm saying sixty-seven, admittedly, you're avoiding the easy joke because I really like the Black Bolt story at sixty-six. Yeah, Saladin Ahmed, solid story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, wait, is that part two or part one? Uh, it's part two. You you're using sixty eight. Uh, the Star Wars New Hope manga is like you're halfway. Like anything below that is like meh to you. Is that right? Well, I'm using the number seventy as the halfway specifically. Well, that's mathematically, like mathematically even some of the stuff yeah. in like the seventies is not bad. Emperor Quill that we read just a couple weeks ago was at seventy six, and that wasn't bad. Oh, I forgot. I forgot we read Demon in a Bottle. Ugh. <laughs> I will. I will budge a little bit, and I'm willing to put this. Below 50. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We were two against one. What is this garbage? Let's look at this uh, again. I saw Thunder in her veins and Spider-Man. Hmm. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, that's the thing. And I, I'm willing to go up from where I'm at. But, like, I don't think that this book was better than that Shuri graphic novel, or the, the first part that we read. Um, I don't know that this was better than Purple Daughter. Oh yeah, Purple Daughter was really good. Yeah, and Purple Daughter's at fifty-one. I think Craven's Last Hunt was better than this. The, those, the, all the ones you've mentioned, have better reread value, and so that should count for something. But the list, the whole point of the list is like, what's the better story? And those are kind of better stories. <laughs> I'm looking at the years. There's a whole chunk of stuff that's like all in the teens that was really well done, and it's just. Uh, I, I yeah, think, 2008 to 2012 was, like, really strong. Yeah. <laughs> I would put this above Riot at Xavier's. But I didn't mind Angela and Asgard's Assassin. I didn't mind Purple Daughter, Craven's Last Hunt, Spider-Man. Dang it! How about this? Let's put it above Spider-Man Noir. Uh, like, it's inarguably better than Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man Noir is better than expected. Now, okay, Stephen, um, tell me this. Uh, so, Craven's Last Hunt has uh, what's what's the guy's name? Vermin. What's the dang it? Vermin, I think's his name, right? It is Vermin. Hey, got it right on the first time. So that that's awful. The whole thing with Vermin is awful. Like his role in the story is important, but like you know, scenes where he's like just eating people is just. Um, is that worse than Jack of Hearts? I would say it is not. Vermin? Yeah. Vermin's way better than Jack of Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <gasps> it goes above it goes above Craven. Wait. Crap. No, it doesn't. Wait, my argument got shot in the foot. What am I saying? Yeah. Vermin's <laughs> way better than Jack of Hearts. Vermin is a gross monster in a horror comic. It is fine. <laughs> Jack of Hearts is a man with alien blood and a weird chemical that for some reason dresses like a playing card. Okay. Um, can we drop issues and moments from this story we just read throughout the list? <laughs> and the bulk of it can live at uh, 53, where you guys want it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I'm 
being talked into this because I'm looking at some of these stronger stuff in the 40s that are pretty good. Yeah, and again, like, to be 100% clear, 53 puts this above Thor's Battle World, which we really liked. 53 puts this above the Rogan Gambit story that we really liked. Well, some well, of I us, really yeah. Liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, A-Babies versus X-Babies. puts this above uh, the Demon Bear which is a good comic that is low for its dubious portrayals of, of race and weird race swapping stuff. Emperor Quill, Avengers vs. X-Men, that's at 77. That's, that has done nothing but drop. Ooh. Well, that's because we keep finding stuff that's better than it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dang it. Although we almost had him. Then he used logic. Yeah, I'm pretty malleable. <laughs> Not when it's me trying to get Hawkeye up the list. Whatever, whatever, whatever. We'll read. Uh, we'll read L.A. Woman. That whole arc of uh, Hawkeye, where it's all Kate Bishop. That's some. Oh, we need to read that. That's some, read that yeah, not, it's also it's a good Thor store uh, song. Yeah, yeah. All right. So number fifty-three on our list between Craven's Last Hunt and Spider-Man Noir. That again, not a bad book. Just has a couple of moments that make me get angry. Hmm. Good middle of the list fodder. Yeah. You know, top third of the list fodder. Hmm. Well, hmm. top three, top top five twelfths of the list. Fodder. Above the middle. Above the middle. <laughs> what are we reading next, Aldo? It's your pick. Uh, up next, we are reading Avengers: The Children's Crusade. More Avengers! Hooray! Yeah, uh, I didn't even think about that. I, I was just thinking about the children. Why won't you think about the children? <laughs> They're sleeping right now. I don't have to think about them. They are snuggled safely in their beds, quiet for once. Good so, gracious. So this is... It's nothing but noise at my house, also. <laughs> so this is the story in which uh, the... Um, hold on, words escape me. This is the story in which uh, Wanda's resurrected half-Satan babies uh, <coughs> figure out that they're Wanda's children... And they and they try to find her. <laughs> so you know this is relevant because WandaVision. <laughs> it's the 2010 event Avengers: The Children's Crusade, correct? Yeah, it should it should just yes, it's a, it's an event, but I think it should only be like that is the nine comic. issues is what it says. It says limited series one of nine on the first book. If there's a secret sneaky bonus issue out there, I don't know where it is. Oh okay. Well then, I probably miscounted. Yep, I did. Anyways, yes. So it is that limited series, uh, nine issues. Know that the the young Avengers have disappointing powers. <laughs> that's my experience with them so far. It's like, oh, that's, that's yeah, weird. but they have Hulk, Hulkling, and and Cape Cape Bishop. No, I I didn't say anything bad about Cape Bishop. Did you say Bishop? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, did you say Cape Bishop? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I said it the way all us Americans say it. Hey, Aldo, Aldo, put your arms up and flex. I want to see your biceps. <laughs> <laughs> in, in addition to uh, the, the Children's Crusade, we're, we're, we're going to read a four-issue miniseries from, oh gosh, what was it, 2016? Yeah, 2016, it's Cage! Exclamation point. Uh, by Jendi Tartakovsky. I I don't I don't think you guys saw it, but uh, T- Tartakovsky did a series called Primal, 
that won like a lot I of awards. I want to watch it. I I heard about that. It is it is really it's pretty intense, but oh my gosh, it is it is really good. It is it is super solid for for it being exactly what he wanted it to be, which was like a show without dialogue. So, is it basically yeah, a that, show that's, that's like a... Turok the Dinosaur Hunter, that old that old video game? I mean, no, it's it's uh, I don't know, it's it's a, it's a caveman who's kind of out surviving with his dinosaur. Um, but there's like there's like an episode that's pretty like body horrorish, where there's like this poisonous gas that's causing the monsters or the dinosaurs to turn into like zombies and decompose. Um, and so like that's pretty graphic. Um, so so it's him and his T Rex trying to trying to to escape that and then there's also like another episode where there's like a weird monkey clan uh that drinks like a special juice that that like steroids so so like he has to fight a giant gorilla a giant royal gorilla so i don't know if that answers your question that sounds rad it is but it very is. violent it, it is it is just very much and it, like the violence and the gore is pretty much it's it's up there it's a pretty pretty r-rated animated show which i really want to watch the problem with <laughs> jenny tartakovsky like his best work is not stuff that you can like turn on while you are doing the dishes. oh no not at all you have to sit down and watch it and like dedicated watch it. it's the reason i've never finished samurai jack despite samurai jack being amazing yeah yeah it's just i it's so rare for me to sit down and just focus all my attention on a show unless I'm watching it with my wife and the only show we watch together is The Bachelor. What have you become, Steven? <laughs> the world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be.